0: Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same again, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by... The word of God, the word of God. Amen. Amen. Oh man, I'm loving this series. I was thinking about it. There they, are a few things that, uh, when you teach them in the in the church, or you include a, a series about them, they don't uh, cause a small stir. That's what they would say. I mean, they they're gonna you know uh, ruffle a few feathers, and it seems God's assignment. Uh, for me is to teach on those things most of the times, You know, when we teach on uh, how God is good and is good all the time, I always get into trouble. There's always life. I always inject life at life groups because somebody is going to say, well, the Lord took my granny, and then somebody has to kind of, you know, (laughs) fix that. Uh, theology. And uh, tongues, we preach about tongues, always get into trouble. And one of the other things we teach on is finances. And what I find interesting about uh, teaching on finances from a pastor's perspective is that you you have two options as a pastor, almost three, you know, the, the third one being uh, to teach it according to the Word of God. But the other two extremes are uh, Almost motivated by Mammon, if you will, inspired by Mammon. And the first and obvious one is to just completely ignore the subject so that you can, uh, you know, get people's admiration. Oh, that pastor is awesome. He never talks about money. And Mammon is the one that's telling you not to do it so that you can get the approval of man. So you're still in a bad place. And the second and most obvious one is where you teach it uh, for the sake of personal gain. And that's also another extreme. And those two extremes are dangerous. What we need to do is to have a pure heart when we teach these things so that we can set people free. Amen? And so we started this series talking about maximizing the grace of prosperity. Because there is a grace of prosperity amen second corinthians 8 verse 9 it says for we know by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. So we know that prosperity is a grace, and it has been made available uh, uh, for God's children, and now we have to respond by faith to grab a hold of the thing that Jesus has already made available for us. Amen. And so, as I was preparing uh, uh, to come to church, I usually sit, calm down uh, on my kitchen counter and have a cup of coffee while I wait for my wife. <laughs> any, any other men out there waiting? <laughs> Hallelujah, raise the Lord. <laughs> So I usually chill out, you know, and exercise the the fruit of the Spirit and get into the Word, you know. And so while I was doing that, I was reading the Bible, and the Lord led me to uh, Hebrews chapter number 4, verse 2. I'm not going to share the the joke about Hebrews, okay? I'm going to spare you uh, the dead joke about Hebrews. So Hebrews chapter number 4, verse 2, the Lord led me to read this scripture, And uh, while we are, you know, uh, contemplating the things that I'm going to be talking about and meditating on them and uh, receiving them and, uh, you know, just evaluating them, uh, I want us to have this uh, uh, picture in our minds. It says in Hebrews chapter number four uh, from verse four. Uh, From verse 2, it says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. So right there, the apostle Paul, I believe, is the one who wrote Hebrews. It's still up for debate. Uh, But uh, he, he mentions two groups of people. The first one is us, and the second one is them, being the children of Israel. Amen? And so he says the gospel was preached both to us and to them. And then he goes on to say this. He says, But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it so these two uh, groups of people if you will these two groups of people heard the same thing the gospel was preached to them but to the other group it didn't benefit them because they didn't mix it with faith in other words they didn't act on it and we live in a time and a generation uh, that believe in just accumulating more knowledge more information you know, we go on Google to get more information. But I believe what's going to distinguish us uh, in the kingdom of God is going to be what you act on, what you actually receive with an intention to act it out. Uh, The Bible uses a, a very interesting word here. It says it did not profit them, which means the things that you hear when a word is preached to you or at you, it is meant to profit you. But the way you profit, it from it is to mix it with faith. What does that look like, Pastor T? It is just to act it out. Act it out. Amen? And so on Wednesday, we had the couples hang out, 30 minutes, 35 minutes maybe, uh, to be accurate. And straight after that, we gave the couples a, a, a homework, some things to do. So the couples hang out was the grace aspect, the message was preached. And then the homework was mixing it with faith. And I can tell you, I didn't go to every single couple. We had about 49 couples tuning. I didn't go to any of their homes to see what they did with what was taught. But from, you know, experience, I've been a pastor a little while now, I can tell you with certainty that there were asses and thems (laughs) in that group too. Asses being the ones that mixed that word with faith. In other words, they took what it, they had been taught in the class. Hey, you should start dating. And they said, hey, we're actually going to mix it with faith and actually do it. And they were told, yeah, you know, you, you can go and revisit old pictures and leave out those memories. You can uh, list five things that are memorable and things of that nature. There were couples, I believe, on the us's side of the you know, group that said, hey, we're going to mix it this with faith. We're going to date. We're going to do something. And then there are the thems. Now, I didn't go to anyone's home, but I can tell you with certainty that there was the thems as well. We heard it. They were in the class saying amen, typing something. But they just didn't mix that with faith. That, oh, well, we're going to do it some other time. Oh, yeah, you better be glad I even came to this class. <laughs> Hallelujah. And how many of you now know that just attending the class you're not going to get the benefit out of it if you actually don't put it to practice. Yep. Mm. Similarly, just hearing a word on prosperity, you're not going to get the benefit out of it if you don't put it to practice. Amen? That's good. amen. amen? Yeah. I said amen. amen. Caleb, is that Caleb? Joshua, Joshua, come on up here. we, we want to we talk. I want to have a chat with you, Joshua. Come on, let's give it up for Joshua. Josh, Josh is in the building. You, you stand over there. So we can observe protocol. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. Joshua, uh, what are you, uh, uh, first year now? Second year. Second year? What are you studying? Law. Law. Joshua, you got a girlfriend? Just act like your mom is not you. Yeah. <laughs> you, say no. No. you don't have a girlfriend? <laughs> okay. So it's my birthday today. You know that, right? And so someone gave me some cash. And I put it somewhere. Someone gave me some cash and I put it somewhere.
1: You don't have a girlfriend? Because that was going to
0: be more money if you have a girlfriend. Okay, since you are alone, I'm gonna, I w- I want you to buy uh, Nando's, you know after church. Yeah, so you can see it. You can. You can, sit. You can sit. That's all right. You can see. You, 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 you can sit down. And so that, that was Josh. His brother is uh, Caleb. Now, how much did I give you, Josh? 100. 100 rand. What do you say, Josh, if I have a proposal for you? Because Caleb didn't come to church today. Okay? But I want to bless him. I want to bless Caleb. So I want to turn you into a distribution center. So I'm going to make a proposal to you, and you're going to let me know how you feel about it, and then we're going we're gonna to deal. Is that all right? So the proposal is this, uh, uh, Joshua. I, I want to I wanna give to Caleb 200 bucks. But I want to do it through you. So here's what I propose. I give you a thousand bucks. You give me back that hundred, and I give you a thousand. And then from that thousand, you give Caleb 200 bucks. So I want you to think about it. you got time. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to be preaching where you got time. Once you have a decision, just put your hand up and say, man, pastor, I'm ready to talk. And then we'll... Is that all right? Okay, cool. So let's go now. <laughs> He got his hand up? Oh, come. Let's talk. Let's talk, brother. Come. You want to hear the deal one more time? Okay, here's the deal. The deal is this. I want to get to Caleb 200 Rand. That's what I want to do. That's the ultimate goal. I want to give Caleb 200 Rand so he can... He's got a girlfriend, right? So he's going to take his girlfriend to, uh, to Nando's, okay? I want him to take his girlfriend to Nando's. But I want to do it through you since he's not here, okay? And uh, so here's my proposal: You give me back the hundred, I give you back the thousand. I give you a thousand. You take two hundred from that thousand. You give it to Caleb, and then the rest you can figure out what you want to do with it. When you have a decision, you can talk to your mom. You can find out from other people around you if it's a good deal, and then let me know what you think. It's a good deal. Oh, come, let's let's deal then. Okay, cool. I'll give it to you later. You can, you can sit down. There. Okay, cool. Did you hear what he said? He said, "Okay, cool, thanks." I did not give it to him, but he said, "Okay, cool, thanks." So here's what we're gonna do: uh, when I say Luke six thirty-eight, the verse. When I say lu- later on, hey, Josh, when I say Luke six thirty-eight, later on, I'm gonna give the money to Pastor Henry, and you're gonna take steps of faith. He's going to hold it out like this, but you got to do something because grace doesn't come to you. Yeah. You're going to come to Pastor Henry over here and you're going to grab your money. Is that all right? It's over here. I got it. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter number three from verse nine. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs chapter number three from verse nine. It says, Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of your increase, and this is what's going to happen when you do that. When you honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of your increase, this is what's going to happen. Verse 10, it says, and your bonds or so your bonds will be filled with how much? With plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. I want to draw your attention to uh, Proverbs chapter number 3, verse 9. That word honor there is the word uh, give. So when scripture says, honor the Lord with your possessions, he's saying, give to the Lord your possessions and the first fruits of your increase. So what he's saying is, when we give to the Lord, we must bring the first and the best. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so when we bring something to the Lord, it must be something that we have thought about. Mm. Amen? Not out of uh, compulsion or of necessity. Why? Why? Because God loves a cheerful cheerful giver. And so we need to actually think about it. And David put it like this. He said, I'm not going to bring something to God that hasn't cost me something. In other words, I'm going to bring to God something of value. Amen. Amen? Amen. And when you bring something to God that's of value, then your gift qualifies as honor. I remember way back when I was in college, I was Still a Christian, but not a strong one, not a committed one, you know, and uh, so my lifestyle, you know, I was a Christian, but my lifestyle was one way, and uh, we would go out partying, you know, to the club, hey, oh, oh. and then the next day, we would, you know, uh, go to church. I was sure I'd go to church, you know, make sure I'd go to, and it was way back in the cash days, you know, you go to the club with cash, and every time you buy a drink, you Put the change in your pocket. And this is what would happen when the offering basket starts coming. I will just dip my hand into my pocket and whatever change I could find from the club. That's what I was giving to the Lord. That's not a first fruit. That's not honoring to God. Amen? You did something. You gave something. But it's not a first fruit. First fruit implies first, foremost, priority. Amen? And when you honor the Lord... With your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, the net effect is this. Your barns will be filled with plenty. You're going to get a harvest out of it. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, here's something else. That that word uh, 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 honor means, it also means to trust. So, the same word honor means to give, but it also means to trust. So, here he is saying, trust the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of your increase. When you do that, he will make sure that you have plenty. Amen? Amen. And so with that in mind, I want us to read Luke 6, verse 38. You're going to hold it (laughs) up. Luke 6, verse 38. And this is what Luke 6, verse 38 says. It says, give. Someone say "Give." give. It says, give, and it will be given unto you good measure, Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. (laughs) Did you see trust? Trust in action. When he gave me the 100 bucks, he didn't wait for me to give him the thousand. He said, Cool, thank you. And he went back to sit down. Did you see trust in action? He gave and went back. And he said, Man, I know you. I know where to find you. (laughs) You're going to be here every Sunday, 8 o'clock and 10 (laughs) o'clock. Amen? I said amen. And so it is with God, when we give to Him, we are expressing our trust in Him. So a lot of people have made, you know, uh, uh, finances, the teaching on money. They've made it about money. It's never been about money. It's always been about trusting and moving your trust from the money itself to God. Remember what he said over there in First Timothy 6? He says, command them or charge them who are rich in this world, not to be haunty or high-minded, but to, uh, or to you know, put their trust in uncertain riches, but to put their trust in the living God who richly gives us all things to do what? To enjoy. And so God wants to give you money, but he doesn't want you to move your trust from him to money. You know, one of the ways you know that uh, you, you've shifted your trust is, uh, you know, when you got money, all of a sudden you think you're somebody. When you don't have money, you think you're nobody. It means your trust is in the wrong thing. My identity is constant because it's not determined by what I have or don't have. My identity is determined by who I am in Christ, and therefore I'm always constant. Always happy, always ready to give praise. Amen? And so if we were to read with these definitions, Luke 6, verse 38, the first word they give, we can change it to honor, but we can also change it to trust. And this is what it would read. Trust, and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you trust, shall it be entrusted back to you. So you trust big, God entrusts big. You trust little, God is obligated to entrust little. Because it's going to confuse you. I mean, if you can't be faithful with the alphabet from A up to Z, forget trying to read a book. If you can't be faithful with numbers from 0 up to 9, forget calculus. So instead of making you more accountable, God will just take it easy on you and what he entrusts on you. And so giving is an expression of trust. Someone say trust. Trust. Now let's go to Matthew chapter number 6, verse 21. You can move your trust from the, the, the object or the blessing to the blesser, who is God. Amen. I said amen. And how you get to do that is through your giving. You can literally direct your heart. And I remember growing up, we used to sing this song, Lord, I give you my heart. I know exactly how you can actually practically give him your heart. You take some of your money and you give it to him. How do you know that, Pastor T? It says here in Matthew chapter number 6, verse 21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, if you look at your treasure, you'll be able to tell whether your heart is with God or your heart is with stuff. Treasure is a good indicator of where our heart is. Amen. And, you know, you can. Uh, uh, there are several components that represent treasure in life. Uh, some of the two dominant ones is uh, money and time. Your money, the money that you have, that's your treasure. The time that you have, the 24 hours in a day, that's your treasure. And if you, if you gave me your three-month bank statement, I'll be able to tell you with certainty and affinity, uh, uh where your uh, treasure is, where your heart is. If you gave me your calendar, I'll be able to tell you with accuracy where your uh, heart is. If you give me your three-month calendar, if you looked at my uh, bank account and my calendar, you'll be able to tell, number one, that this man is in love with the kingdom of God. You'll be able to tell that. You'll also be able to tell, if you look at my money and my calendar, you'll also be able to tell that this man, uh, his heart is with his family. Amen? That's good. Amen? I remember Spoo Spoo. He may be watching right now, Spoo sent me a message. He said, Pastor, for our monthly catch-up, uh, uh, you know, this week is tight, but I have an opening uh, on Friday. How's your calendar? Friday at 6 p.m. Man, <laughs> you can tell it was a bachelor talking. He said to me, I want to meet you at 6 p.m. on Friday. I told him that's out of bounds. For a married man, I'm going to be home with my family. Friday is family time. with my. In fact, Monesu came up with this thing. We call it family night. Family night. She came up with this thing three, four years ago. F- movie night, family night. Or, or Friday night, 6 p.m., everybody has to be home. If you're not at home, you're going to be in trouble. Monesu is going to make sure that you know about it. In fact, when we went uh, away to uh, uh, Polokwani for for the wedding, uh, she said, so what's going to happen to family and I? (laughs) And so we had to sit her down and explain some things. And I say all of this to say, you'll be able to tell just by looking at my calendar where my heart is. You know why? Because part of my treasure is my time. And I have to learn how to give God the best of that time. But God doesn't mind me uh, having all the other activities on that calendar. You know why? Because he's the one who richly gives us all things to enjoy. But he just wants you to make sure he's the first fruit, he's the uh, uh, foremost, he's the priority. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So he, God doesn't come before my family, but you'll be able to tell that my family is important as well. When you look at that calendar and when you look at that uh, 3 months bank statement, one of the other things I was saying in the first service, you'll be able to also tell is this, that this man uh, uh, values and uh, uh, his heart is with Arsenal Football Club. <laughs> it's a true and valid. Uh, that's where my heart is. You'll also be able to tell when you look at my calendar, this man spends a, a minimum of two hours watching a game every single weekend this man spent some money buying a shirt. Even though he's mad at the club, sometimes I'm mad at the club. They're not spending enough to buy players. But when they come up with a new shirt, man, I'm there buying a new shirt. You know why? Because that's where my heart is. And I'm spending some of my money there. That's where my heart is going to be. Amen? And so you can locate your heart through two ways. Through looking at your calendar and looking at your uh, money. You can If you look at your money, you'll be able to tell whether (laughs) you love the Lord like you say you do. Jesus at one point said to them, he said, man, you you say, Lord, Lord, with your mouths, but you won't do what I tell you. And then he went on to say, you say, Lord, Lord, with your mouths, but your hearts are far away from me. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, how did you know their hearts were far away from you? He said, I looked at the treasure. Amen. And so after he said that, he goes on to say in verse 24. He goes on to say this. This is awesome. He says, for no one can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot. Someone say cannot. He says you cannot. There is no way, Jose. You cannot serve God and mammon. Notice what's inconspicuous in its absence. He didn't say you cannot have both. He didn't say that. You can have both God and money, but when it comes to who you serve, you cannot serve both God and... It doesn't mean that someone is not going to try. He's just saying even if you try, it doesn't matter how hard you try, when it comes to serving and service, you're going to serve one or the other. And so when I read that, I went to the Lord and I said, Holy Spirit, show me how, because I don't want to be caught serving mammon. I said, Holy Spirit, show me, how can I defeat and dethrone this spirit of mammon so that I can serve you? How can I, in my life, uh, set up a a system where I can dictate, you know, and, and detect, where I can detect. You know, when when Mammon is trying to be uh, the Lord over my life instead of you, Lord, and he said, read this same verse in the Amplified, and this is what he says. In the Amplified, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot. Someone say cannot. He says it again. He says, You cannot serve God, Mammon, in brackets, money, possessions, fame, status, whatever is valued more than the Lord. So we're going to have to make a choice. And so I say, Lord, how am I able to detect? Because I don't want to be caught serving mammon. And the Lord gave me what I like to call the decision-making filter. The Lord said to me, Tefara, you can check every decision that you make in life against this verse to see whether you're making it on the basis of mammon or you're making it on the basis of God. And what I mean by that is you can uh, set up a filter. I call it the uh, decision-making filter. That's what I call it, and I use this all the time. When I say all the time, I mean all the time. And so uh, let's say this is a funnel right here. Uh, this is a funnel, and we have a filter right here, right? The decision-making filter. And what he wants you to do in the kingdom, if you are over here uh, operating uh, by the kingdom principle, what go- kingdom principle, what God wants you to do is to make every decision, someone say every, every decision uh, based on God's opinion, based on his word. And based on what the Holy Spirit has to say about the issue. On the flip side, if mammon gets to be the God in the throne of your life, here's what typically happens. You start to have uh, a decision-making filter that's skewed. And that decision-making filter is based on these things that he lists as mammon. It's based on uh, money. It's based on uh, fame. It's based on status. It's based on uh, possessions. And someone may sit and, and, and wonder how, 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 how does someone come to make a decision based on this? I mean, that's so dumb. Why would anyone do that? I talk to a lot of young people that are in the marketplace, you know, applying for jobs and getting jobs. And one of the things that usually happens is that they sometimes get three, four, five offers you know, to move from the company that they're working in to join another company. And so they sit with three offers uh, on their desk. And uh, I always ask them this. I always throw a caveat, uh, a curveball, you know, at them and ask them, uh, if you were given, you know, three offers, uh, which one would you pick? And they usually say, (laughs) Pastor T, that's easy. That's such an easy decision. Whichever one offers the most, And I say to them, wrong answer. Your answer should have been, whichever one the Holy Spirit wants me to have. Because he knows things that you don't know. Amen? In the realm of relationships... In the realm of relationships, mammon can take over if your DMF, your decision-making filter, has got holes on it. Mammon can literally take over and you can get to a point where you start making decisions on who uh, you want to get into a relationship with uh, based on these things. Do you know there are people who will not treat you uh, right until they know what kind of uh, status you have? They want to know first, what's your... And it's all mammon. It's a game. I don't play those games. And so when we go to pastor's meetings, uh, Chip and I, because we like being ourselves, we don't, you know, change for anybody. I'm still going to go in my Jordans. I'm still going to go in my uh, jeans and my T-shirt. And usually what happens is when I walk in, no one gives you the light of day. No one pays you any attention because after all, you know, all these boys are wearing their shiny suits and it's based on the exterior of... Uh, 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 re, you know, uh, exterior uh, image, if you will, an exterior image that that's that's supposed to say something. And so usually they don't even say uh, hi to us. And it's these you know uh, big bishops and uh, the the big preachers with their uh, uh, false uh, cheap doctorates from universities that no one knows of. And they insist on that title. My name is Dr. Such and such. And I'm thinking, Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> doctor who? Because I did my honors. You know, I know how hard it was. I didn't even go to do the masters because it was such hard work. And here we have a doctor who doesn't even have my <laughs> Please edit that out. <laughs> Man, this is how I'm thinking. And especially the way they insist. Man, I'm doctor such and such. Doctor for real, for real, bro. We have Wilma here. She's, she's studying a doctorate. Man, she comes to my office crying. Say, but it's hard work. Man, if you want to be a doctor, great. Just make sure you earn it. Okay, And so we walk into these meetings, and no one gives you a t- the time of day. And then, until someone says something, you know, Christine Blumstein would walk up, a true story, it actually happened. She walked up, she's the director of Kenneth Copeland, and she said, Oh, that's pa- you should know Pastor T. Pastor T. and Chivo are the uh, 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 pastors of faith your Church. They're on television, all of a sudden. Oh, can I serve you coffee? It's all based on mammon. Man, if your indicators on who to connect with is over here, mammon has got you. If you're trying to get friends who got... I mean, if if the Holy Spirit leads you to friends who got these things, praise the Lord. But if this is your filter before you love on someone and you connect with someone, then mammon has got you. And it's a terrible spirit. Because you're going to miss out on the kairos moments that God has for you. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so what we want to do is to serve God and not mammon. Serving mammon, if you're writing down notes, will sabotage your destiny. But a consequence of serving God is this. You begin to attract money, possessions, fame, and status. When you serve God and you're dedicated to God, these things begin to happen to you as a consequence of serving God. This is why Billy Eppard says it like this. He says money is attracted, not pursued. These things are not supposed to be pursued. They're supposed to be attracted. Hallelujah. And so we have to dethrone the spirit of mammon. Don't make it about stuff. Make it about God and what God wants you to do. Can I get an amen? And now let's go to Colossians chapter number 1, verse 13. Colossians chapter number one, verse 13. If you have it, you can say, I have it. Colossians chapter number one, verse 13. This is what he it says. He's talking about God uh, when you got born again, right? He says, God who has delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So what happened when you got born again is that you transferred kingdoms. You were translated from the kingdom of darkness, better known as the kingdom of Satan, and you were translated over here, and you became a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. And so what happens is that these two kingdoms have different principles, guiding principles that govern them. Over here in the kingdom of uh, darkness, it is governed by the principle of scarcity. Over here in the kingdom of God, it is governed by the principle of abundance because nothing is running out over here. But what tends to happen is that we stay on here for so long, we allow this kingdom to condition our thinking and condition us to think a certain way that by the time we get here, there's still so much work to be done, Romans 12 verse 2, renewing of your mind so that you can start thinking properly aligned to the kingdom of God. And to the kingdom system. Amen. I said amen. There's a gentleman who uh, over here, he, he, he did an experiment with piranha fish, you know, and he put them in a fish tank, a transparent one, and then he put a glass divide between the piranha and all the other little fish. Because the piranha is a flesh-eating fish, he eats all the other fish, they are aggressive. I mean, if you put your hand in that tank, man, by the time you pull it out, it's all going to be born. Because they go for it, right? And so, when the piranha fish through the glass divide, saw the other fish, which is supposed to be food. When they saw that, they aggressively pursued. And every time they would attack, they would hit the glass ceiling. It did that for a month. And after a month, after conditioning the piranha to think that he had no access, he removed the glass thing. And now the piranha was free to eat and enjoy this abundance, but because he had been conditioned that he had no access. Now the other fish was sw- swimming on him and you know doing all kinds of things, and he didn't eat. In fact, died of hunger when he now had access to his food, because he had been conditioned to think a certain way. And sometimes that's what happens in the church, is that we've been here so long, We've been conditioned to think a certain way that when we come over here, it just doesn't make sense. Because the system over here is what it's saying is contrary to what we were doing over there. Over here, we were told if you want to prosper, you have to do all you can. If you have to backstab somebody, do it. If you have to gossip on someone, do it. If you have to kill them, do it. If you have to take some concoction, do it. Man, get rich or die trying. And once you get those things, you must hoard. That's what we were taught over here. And if you're not careful, when you come over here, you could try to operate with the principles for over there, over here, and you'll always struggle. Amen? Amen. If you come from the kingdom of the United States of America, they drive on the right side of the road. You come to South Africa, we drive on the left side of the road. If you say, well, this is what I've done all my life. I'm going to drive on the right side of the road. It's worked for me. I'm going to drive from church tonight to go to four ways. What's going to happen to you? Well, if it's after curfew, you may have some success. But if you turn that into a lifestyle, one day, you're going to crash. Amen? Even if you don't crash. Man, you drive on that wrong side of the road. You open up with the wrong principles, uh, or, or in a, in the kingdom of God. Man, you wonder why is everybody why is everybody mean to me? Because I'm I'm just driving. I'm just everybody waving at me with one finger. Everybody doing oh, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> wrong, wrong principle yeah. for the wrong kingdom. Amen. And so when we come to the kingdom of God, the way to prosper is to give. Yep. Amen. And it's going to save you a lot of hurt. It's going to save you a lot of frustration. It's going to save you a lot of time. Hallelujah. And so one of the things I do, you know, when I want to uh, see some transformation, uh, we're now going to the next point, and the next point is this. trusting God with finances will break you forth into true riches. If you're writing down notes, I want you to write that. Trusting God with your finances will break you forth into true riches. If you read Luke 16, verse 11, it says, If you have not been faithful with unrighteous mammon, who will entrust to you or who will give to your uh, trust uh, true riches? So there is a thing in life called true riches. W- w- you know, uh, Ashley Days on Thursday, we had our, our call, and he said something interesting. He said, uh, "Tafara giving money will get you things that money can't buy. There's some things that money can't buy, and here, Scripture classifies those things as true riches. You know, uh, for me, in my calling, true riches look like this. Kairos moments. Divine connections. Opportunities. Right? A marriage made in heaven. Amen. Uh, kids raised in the counsel of the Lord. Godly kids, right? Amen. Kids that are godly. Amen. For me, this is true riches. And I want to break into true riches. And scripture seems to suggest that for me to break into true riches, I need to be able to handle finances in the counsel of the Lord. I need to be able to run my money according to God's word and according to his instructions. Amen. I remember a few, uh, many, many years ago, uh, 2002, uh, when I was, you know, becoming uh, serious in my walk with the Lord. I said to myself, "You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find myself a, 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 a preacher on television or on the internet. I'm going to find myself a preacher who's got some fruit that I want, because Scripture tells us in Hebrews, it says we must imitate those who, through faith and patience, have obtained the promises of God. So you must look for someone who's a model." You know, for you, just like if you go to the gym to look for a personal trainer, what's the first thing you're looking for, at least? The only, uh, dude, have you got something? Has it been working for you? That's what David, you know, wanted to see. Saul, your armor is awesome, it's shiny, but has it worked on you? And so because of that, I went and I said, you know what? I'm going to look for some people that are going to be models People who are living in a way that I want to live one day. And so I'm going to wash them. I'm going to observe them. And so when I started the journey of watching these guys and studying them and seeing what makes them tick, what makes their marriage special, what makes their ministry flourish, what makes their life look so full, uh, full and there's so much fulfillment, I want to I wanna see what's going on. And so I started looking at uh, uh, the, the word of faith preachers back in those days, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Frederick Price, uh, uh, Creflo Dollar, all these guys, I'm looking at them. And I remember at the time my youth pastor, it was in the day Days of um, uh, uh, VHS cassettes. You remember VHS? You know, you put them in a VCR. <laughs> I mean, young people are like, what? VCR. You put them in the VCR. And I remember my youth pastor came with a, with a cassette, VCR, video cassette, uh, with all kinds of conspiracy theories against this guy. And he put it in the thing there and he said, "Wash this thing. And I watched that thing 60 minutes and they were saying how these guys are terrible and how these guys are this and that. But I couldn't help uh, notice the fruit that was on these guys and how awesome it was and how I wanted it. This guy was being a, a critical spirit, but these guys had fruit. And so I decided I'm going to go with the guys that had fruit way back in 2002. And I said, you know what, I'm going to study these guys. I'm going to study Andrew Womack, these guys, because they got the fruit that I wanted. I wanted my life. I, want to, I wasn't even married. It took me another 10 years to get married. But I knew the day I get married, I want a, a, a marriage made in heaven. I want it to be bliss on the earth. And these guys have got it. On, amen. I want what they have. How am I going to get what they have? They have a peace in their lives that I want. And one common thread amongst all of them that I couldn't help but notice was this. All of them are rabid, fanatical givers. All of them. Without exception rabid, fanatical giver. So I knew there was a key around giving. And so if you read in uh, Andrew, I'm going to quote one of them. If you read in Andrew Womack's uh, uh, Living Commentary uh, about, you know, if you read this verse, Luke 16 verse 11, uh, by the way, I highly recommend the Living Commentary. It's a powerful commentary on on, on most of the verses in the Old and the New Testament. That's really going to inspire you and just help you in your study time. When I read Andrew Uh, Commentary on Luke 16 Verse 11 Man it jumped out at me And I'm going to read it uh, for you this morning And this is what Andrew said He said a lack of good stewardship Of our finances is one of the big reasons We aren't prospering in other areas If we can't do that which is least We certainly can't do the things that are greater If we can't jump 5 feet We can't jump 50 feet if we can't trust the scriptures that promise we will prosper as we give, then we can't trust the scriptures that promise healing or deliverance. This is useful in evaluating people for jobs or positions of leadership. Look how they handle money. If they have money problems, they will have other problems. It's not me, it's Andrew. And I thought that was cool. This could help you if you're single and you're in the market looking for man. Look at if 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 they can't handle, if they don't understand finances and how money works. In fact, forget that. If they won't pay for the first date, they don't deserve the next date. I'm talking to the ladies. Hey, Amen. If they won't take care of you. If they want to express an understanding of finances at that level, man, just forget about it. Go find yourself somebody else. Because they're going to come with other problems. If they have not mastered, listen, if they have not mastered money at this level, at this realm, man, they're gonna they, they're gonna struggle to master money in all the other different things. And I know most of you have seen this. You've seen someone going somewhere. To change lives. And you look at them and you say, man, this man is anointed of God to make a difference. They're going somewhere. And then something happens. End up in an affair or something, just something stupid happens. If you trace that thing all the way back to the root system, you're going to find that they didn't address the issues around being faithful with little and the little being finances. They didn't have a healthy relationship with finances. Money doesn't make you somebody. Jesus does. And to put money in its place, you have to pay attention to what God has to say about what he has given to you. Earlier on in the service, we were having a chat with Joshua, and I wound up giving him a a little bit of cash. And uh, he didn't have any of that when he came in here. Let's just say, I'm not saying I'm God, okay? I don't want you walking out here, I went to that church, and the pastor said, I'm not God. Let's just say, I'm God. Let's just say. It's an, it's an analogy. It's not the real thing. He's, he's, trust me, he's much more handsome, much more powerful, much more, I mean, he's awesome, amen? <laughs> I'm just saying, let's just say, hey, the man walked in, he didn't He didn't have anything. And us, you know, we started to have a deal. And uh, just like you and I, when we walked in, man, we didn't have anything. Yeah. And God is the one that has empowered us. God is the one that has given us the brain to function. God is the one that has given us all these things. And God can't give you an instruction to take 200 to give to Caleb. Man, money's got you. So Joshua, you have an opportunity as you walk out of here to say, you know what? Caleb wasn't here. Caleb didn't hear nothing. That homie didn't see nothing. You should have come to church. And just like we all do, right? When the Holy Spirit comes to you and he says to you, I want you to buy such and such lunch. In fact, most of you, it's happened when you're at McDonald's. I know it's happened because it happened to me all the time. When It says, take the bill of the people behind you. Mm -hmm. And most of you say, well, that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) He could say that. Well, that's just me. I'm going to pray about it. (laughs) Uh, That that was just me. I'm going to pray about it. (laughs) No, man, we need to be prompt to act. It's happened to me. You know, I'm at McDonald's. I'm picking up something for my kids and the Holy Spirit said pay for the bill for the people behind you and I say I'm taking two and then it turns out the people really needed that. Oh man, and sometimes I'm in the queue. I remember I was at the queue picking pay paying for my groceries and I saw this granny she was putting together and the Holy Spirit spoke to me instantly. I knew I could have been embarrassed by offering to pay for her. I knew, I mean, she could have, you know, cast me out. But but it's always better to obey the Holy Spirit and be embarrassed than walk, get into my car and think, man, I, oh, man, I should have done that. I should have, you know, and I, can I pay for that? And then she looks at me. She says, man, you don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what you just did. And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, especially in this. This is the lowest level you can begin to obey God when it comes to finances. Start listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I remember there's a couple that the Holy Spirit uh, uh, told us to buy groceries. And then I called the husband and I said, hey, listen, meet me at this uh, pick and pay. And, uh, you know, uh, the Lord... You spoke to me about something, and I just want to confirm it with you. And then, you know, they came to the pick and pay at Douglasdale, and then I said, Hey, we're going to go in and uh, get you guys some groceries. The Holy Spirit said, Whatever you want, we're going to go in there and just, you know, pick and fill up the trolley. And this is what he said to me. He said, The Holy Spirit had already told him, and he was waiting at the uh, other pick and pay at the bars. So he just went to the wrong spot, but the Holy Spirit had already told him, and he He waited there a long time, and he decided, you know what, I'm just going to go home. And when he got home, I called him. I said, you know, so one of us probably didn't hear clearly, but at least we got the job done. We didn't hear clearly when it comes to the location, but we heard clearly what the Holy Spirit was saying. Amen. Amen? Amen? Amen. It was a blessing to them, and it was a blessing to me. Because, you know, I cannot tell you how many other breakthroughs came from that. So all I'm saying to you is... This is the entry-level way to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I hear a lot of people say, man, I can't hear God. Start trying to hear Him when it comes to... You're going to pay attention. (laughs) You're going going to pay attention. You're going to say, Lord, what did you say? (laughs) You're going to start hearing God. And when you hear, be prompt to act. Amen. Amen. Amen? Man, I'm telling you, this is available for all of God's children. Listen to what it says in the Proverbs, uh, chapter number 3, 9 to 10, in the Passion Translation. You got the Passion? In the Passion Translation. I want you to see this as we read it. And this is the last verse we're going to read and we wrap it up. Thank you, Jesus. This what it says in the Passion Translation. It says, glorify God with your wealth, honoring Him with your very best. And every increase that comes to you. Now watch what it says right there. Then every, someone say every. This is the net effect. He says, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. So the, the spanner in the works, if you will, for all this time, if you haven't been experiencing these things, has been just, you know, how you handle finances. Just how you handle finances. God wants to break you forth into millions. I don't doubt that God wants you to break you forth into billions, but you're going to have to start learning how to trust Him with the little. Did that bless you? Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we just thank you for your grace, which is sufficient your strength which is made perfect in our weakness lord we just thank you even for your grace around finances lord we just thank you for opening up doors that no man can shut lord we just thank you for the things that you continue to do for us your grace that continues to overflow in our lives This morning, Lord, you gave us a revelation of being distribution centers. And we know that when you give, you always give in abundance. So that we can take a portion of that and be a blessing to the nations. This morning, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice, that you're turning them into a distribution center for the nations. For the transformation of the nations. Lord, I thank you that you are expanding, stretching their hearts and their visions, that they're not just thoughtful about their own needs, but Father, that they begin to think about uh, the needs of others, that they begin to think about transforming the nations. Thank you, Jesus, that you are calling these your precious sheep to the assignment of being kingdom financiers. Lord, we thank you that through the hands and the wealth of these, you will transform the nations of the world. Through the wealth of these, you will send missionaries into all the different parts of the world. You did it in the last Reformation, and we are making ourselves available to be instruments in this next Reformation. In the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you. And we call in millions into the kingdom of God. We call in billions into the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. They say by 2031, in about 10 years, Africa will be sending the most number of missionaries into a dying world. And if you look at the last reformation, when the missionaries would come to South Africa, come to Zimbabwe, Zambia, Malawi, it doesn't matter when the missionaries would come, they would come with such a strong financial support, they would come and build a school. That would educate, man, some of the missionaries, uh, some of the schools, them missionaries built. I'm talking about way back in 1962, now are responsible for educating millions upon millions of Zimbabweans that are changing the world. We're talking about a superfluous supply, an overflow of finances into the body of Christ. And it's going to happen through you. If you put your hand up and say, I want to be counted. Amen. Amen? Somebody, way back in 1962, would send a missionary to Zimbabwe, write them a check. When you get there, I want you to build a school. No expense is spared. Some of the schools are, some of the greatest schools in the country built by missionaries. Because there were a bunch of Christians that understood what money is for. It's a tool for nation and city transformation. Man, when you stretch your heart and say, Lord, I want to go beyond just my own mortgage. I want to go beyond just my own I want to go beyond just my own uh, cell phone contract. I want to. I want to send some people to India, to Pakistan. I want to. I want to be responsible for someone's well-being, a missionary's well-being when they go to Pakistan, where I'm sending them on a month on a monthly basis. I want to write a check so I can sustain. I want to be responsible for changing nations, man. When you start operating with that different mind, it's a completely different mindset. God will begin to position you the end time harvest I'm talking about the end time harvest of wealth but it starts with the small instructions to your hundred bucks can God tell you what to do with ten rand that's where it starts if he can't he won't be able to tell you what to do with a hundred he won't be able to tell you what to do with ten thousand it starts with five runs. Can God tell you what to do with five bucks? If he can't, he won't be able to tell you what to do with a billion. Amen. I said, amen. And so, man, I'm telling you, in this season, you hide. If you don't believe this, you hide and watch. Just hide and watch. You're going to say, man, that pastor was on to something. And I was there. Some those of you who are watching as well, man, I'm telling you, this is available uh, for you, amen. And so, Father, we thank you for that grace to be distribution centers. We thank you that a superfluous harvest is coming into these your children, Lord. We thank you that their hearts are sensitive to hear your voice when it comes to finances. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, "Amen." Man, I'm telling you, it's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. I had a brother call me on, uh, on, on Friday. He said, Pastor, was it Thursday? The third? When was the third? The third was Wednesday. The third? Wednesday. He called me. He said, Pastor, you won't believe. I already met my target for the month. The third. He said, I don't know what to do with my time for the rest of the month said i've already met my contracts i've already met my my jews this is the third of the month and that grace is available for every single one of us amen father we thank you and we give you praise in jesus name remember these words from second corinthians 5 7 for we walk by faith and not by sight we love you god bless y'all we hope this message has been a blessing to you thank you for listening To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.